Produced at the studios of KBOO Radio in Portland, Oregon, this is Free Culture Radio. I'm your host, Doug McVeigh. In 2019, the UN's Commission on Narcotic Drugs issued a ministerial declaration on drugs which laid down the main objectives of the international community in addressing the world drug situation for a 10-year period. The CND plans a midterm review of that declaration in 2024, and a new report by the International Drug Policy Consortium shows that there has been little, incomplete, or no progress in achieving the goals set out in that declaration. The IDPC's new report is entitled Off Track, Shadow Report for the Midterm Review of the 2019 Ministerial Declaration on Drugs. There was a launch event on December 5th. We're going to hear from some of the speakers. Let's hear about the report from the lead author, Marie Nugier, with the International Drug Policy Consortium. So first of all, why did we decide to drive this shadow report? Our main objective is to support and inform the 2024 midterm review with a comprehensive evaluation of progress that has been made against the goals and the 12 objectives um, that were included in the 2019 ministerial declaration. On the basis of this evaluation, we then provide recommendations for the midterm review, but also much more broadly than that and forward-looking, we provide uh, recommendations beyond 2024. Our second objective was to bring the data, research, analysis, and voices of civil society to the midterm review. Uh, We're a global network of more than 190 NGOs, and we really wanted to bring the breadth of expertise of our network to these discussions. So in terms of methodology, we included uh, a review of official UN and government reports and data, as well as civil society and academic research. Um, but we, in addition to that, we also conducted a civil society survey amongst our membership because we wanted to assess what they had perceived as having changed since 2019. We also collected testimonies from people directly impacted by drug policies from different countries, including Ukraine, Lebanon, India, Malta, Brazil, St. Vincent and the Grenadines and many more. So our first conclusion is that according to the World Drug Reports for 2019 and 2023, there has been an overall increase in the illicit cultivation, production, trafficking, and use of drugs. This is despite the billions of dollars spent every year to curb the market. The number of people who use drugs aged 15 to 64 has increased from 271 million to 296 million, while synthetic drugs, precursors, NPS have proliferated, in part as an unintended consequence of the expansion of drug law enforcement efforts. Our second conclusion is that illicit drug economies continue to fuel acute violence and conflict, particularly in producing and transit countries in the global south. Our civil society survey also shows that the perceived levels of violence that are associated both with the illegal drug market and with drug law enforcement has risen across the globe, including in consuming countries. Our third conclusion is that people who use drugs continue to be disproportionately affected by health issues, and this is something that has really come across over the past couple of of days here. The latest global data available on drug use related deaths unfortunately still dates from 2019. That really shows the dire need for more recent data on this. The numbers then had reached 494,000 deaths in that year alone. Since then, there has been an alarming rise in overdose deaths, in particular in North America. 
People who use drugs also continue to face heightened risks of uh, contracting HIV, hepatitis B and C, while access to quality and gender and age-sensitive harm reduction and treatment services remain severely limited, especially for people facing intersecting layers of vulnerability. Next. At the same time, there continues to be a shocking disparity in access to controlled medicines worldwide, with 82% of the global population having less than uh, having access to less than 17% of the world's morphine-based medicines. And you can see one of the testimonies here. More positively, since 2019, at least 18 countries have adopted laws or policies that facilitate access to cannabis-based medicines. While in 2020, cannabis was removed from Schedule 4 of the 1961 Single Convention, thereby recognizing its therapeutic value. Next. Very problematically, however, drug policies continue to be associated with widespread human rights violations, ranging from the death penalty to extrajudicial killings, arbitrary arrests and detention, cases of torture, including in the name of treatment, and a range of discriminations on the basis of race, gender, class, and age, as well as a wide number of violations of economic, social, and cultural rights. These abuses have become increasingly recognized and highlighted by UN human rights bodies, and that has culminated with the 2023 OHCHR report on that topic. Many of these violations are related to the ongoing over-reliance on punishment and prisons. The number of people who are deprived of liberty globally has grown from 10.74 million in 2018 to 11.5 million in 2023. And over one in five people in prison continue to be incarcerated for drug offenses. And that proportion is significantly higher when we talk about women deprived of liberty. In addition, hundreds of thousands more are su subjected to compulsory drug detention or internment in private rehab centers. Positively, however, new jurisdictions have adopted some form of decriminalization since 2019, bringing the total number to 66 jurisdictions in 40 countries, with many more having adopted or considering other alternatives to criminalization or punishment. Beyond decriminalization, eight countries now have legal regulation in their territories for substances included in the 1961 Single Convention. And this means that the number of people living in jurisdictions with some form of legal regulation has increased from 123 million in 2019 to 294 million in 2023, with more pilots and bills being rolled out or discussed in other parts of the world. The issue, though, is that the tensions between legal regulation and the UN drug control treaties has not been adequately discussed or addressed at the UN. Now, moving on to development issues at the CND, uh, there have been some progress in terms of broadening up the concept of alternative development, but there has been limited progress on the ground for affected communities, and women in particular contribute to be left behind and marginalized. Our analysis and civil society surveys show that the legal regulation of plants like coca, opium, or cannabis for medical, industrial, or recreational purposes is a development opportunity in traditional cultivation areas, but only if traditional farmers are meaningfully included in these policies. Thank you. And my final conclusion is on civil society space. There has been quite a lot of progress in ensuring civil society engagement at the CND that should be recognized here. And this is despite all the setbacks created by COVID-19, but also ongoing pushback from a small but vocal group of member states here in Vienna. 
At national level, however, the situation is concerning, and many NGO colleagues have reported shrinking civil society space due to authoritarianism, punitive drug policies, foreign agent laws, restrictions in funding, and more. As part of our analysis, we've also identified various blind spots or basically issues that were not covered by the 2019 ministerial declaration, but that should be prioritized going forward. Examples include the need to recognize the potential of legal regulation as a tool to break the links between drug markets and organized crime, the role of surveillance technologies and their uh, impacts on human rights, the need to ensure racial justice and also to address the tensions between the drug control treaties and the rights of indigenous peoples, or the environmental impacts of drugs, but also drug policies. So next, I will conclude with some recommendations for the midterm review, again, bearing in mind that we have many more recommendations within the shadow report itself that focus specifically on uh, UN bodies and on longer term systemic reforms. So first of all, the debate and outcome documents should reflect the normative developments that have taken place at the CND, at the UN General Assembly, and at the Human Rights Council, including new language on harm reduction, on uh, racial discriminations, the rights of indigenous peoples, and the rescheduling of cannabis, amongst others. Secondly, and based on our recommendations, it seems very clear that we need to urgently move away from drug-free goals and language and align drug policies much more closely with human rights and with the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Our findings and blind spots also show that the challenges identified in 2019 should be revised to cover new developments that have emerged since 2019. And we provide a list of these possible challenges for the period 2024 to 2029 in our shadow report for your consideration. And we link every single one of them to relevant sustainable development goals. Fourthly, we urge you to acknowledge the existence of legally regulated markets. They are reality and it's not going anywhere. But we also urge you to initiate much needed discussions on whether and how to modernize the UN drug control regime. Fifth, and on the basis of the OHCHR report, we urge you to make sure that the outcome document calls on transformative change for drug policy. And finally, we urge you to promote and protect civil society participation. This includes consulting NGOs as you are elaborating your, your positions for the midterm review, and also including civil society in your own delegations in March 2024 and beyond. That was Marine Uget with the International Drug Policy Consortium. She was lead author of the IDPC's new report entitled Off Track, Shadow Report for the Midterm Review of the 2019 Ministerial Declaration on Drugs. We'll be back with more in a moment. You're listening to Free Culture Radio. I'm your host, Doug McVeigh. The Monitoring the Future study is a federally funded annual survey of substance use by adolescents and adults in the U.S. that's conducted and led by a team of researchers at the University of Michigan's Institute for Social Research. A summary of the results of the 2023 Monitoring the Future survey were released Wednesday, December 13th, and they contain a lot of very good news. Reported use of most substances among young people dropped dramatically after the COVID pandemic began, and percentages of teens reporting use of any substances in 2023 held steady or even declined. For example, 
In 2023, 45.7% of 12th graders reported that they had used alcohol in the previous 12 months, a significant decline from 2022 when 51.9% reported they had used alcohol in the past year. Past month use of alcohol has also dropped, with 24.3% of 12th graders reporting they had used alcohol within the previous 30 days, compared with 28.4% in 2022. The decline is much more pronounced when you compare the class of 2023 to the class of 2008. In 2008, 65.5% of 12th graders reported that they had used alcohol in the previous 12 months, and 43.1% reported they had used in the previous month. Use of marijuana has also declined among young people. Only 29% of 12th graders in 2023 reported that they had used marijuana within the previous 12 months, down slightly from 30.7% in 2022. Past month use of marijuana was reported by just 18.4% of 12th graders in 2023, compared with 20.2% in 2022. These are also drops from 2008 levels, although not as pronounced as with alcohol. In 2008, 32.4% of 12th graders reported past year use, and 19.4% reported past month use. What's really significant about the decline in marijuana use is that it's happening in the context of legally regulated marijuana markets in a number of U.S. states and a drop in the percent who perceive that there's a great risk from occasional or even regular use of marijuana. The full 2023 Monitoring the Future report is scheduled for release sometime in January 2024. More information can be found at the Monitoring the Future website, monitoringthefuture.org. Welcome back. Now let's get back to this new report from the International Drug Policy Consortium entitled Off Track, Shadow Report for the Midterm Review of the 2019 Ministerial Declaration on Drugs. Ruby Lawler is the Executive Director of Youth Rise. So to introduce Youth Rise a bit further, we are an international network of young people who use drugs and or young people who are affected by punitive drug policies worldwide. I want to commend IDPC for the production of this shadow report as a key document that highlights how far behind we are in achieving global commitments. It is also really appreciated to see the key challenges that young people who use drugs face throughout the report, highlighting the severe data gaps, barriers to and inaccessibility of harm reduction and its impact on us, and need for policy reform to end the disproportionate impact of criminalization on young people. This week, we have heard many concerns around young people and drugs in statements from member state delegations and UN bodies, and we note the emphasis on prevention efforts, too often not rooted in evidence and resulting in further stigma, decriminalization, harm and marginalization of young people who use drugs. Prevention will always miss some young people, and despite global efforts to prevent us from using drugs, many of us still do. Therefore, there needs to be significantly more focus on how to protect us from possible drug-related harms and how to ensure we have access to life-saving harm reduction and treatment services. There is so much emphasis and funding on preventing us from using in the first place or stopping us once we started, that efforts to help us mitigate the risks once we begin are left behind at all levels of decision-making, while funding for harm reduction overall remains scarce. We know that drug use is ever-growing amongst young people, it's been discussed in the past two days, and recent findings show that there is a 50% higher average risk of HIV and HCV acquisition for young people who inject stimulant drugs, 
which highlights that punitive drug policies are not serving their intended purpose and in fact causing significant harms to our population. And today I want to respond to these concerns by highlighting key outcomes and recommendations from the very recent youth consultations that was coordinated by UNODC, UNICEF, the World Health Organization, INPUD and Youth Rise just under two weeks ago. So the youth consultation brought together experts from academia, civil society and UN bodies to provide the most recent research on drug use amongst young people, the impact of policies on the achievement of our health and human rights, and provided insights about the realities, challenges and barriers faced by young people who use drugs. The key points and recommendations raised were that there is a severe lack of granular age, sex and locality disaggregated data on young people who use drugs and the need to remedy this through a variety of approaches at the country level. And that there is little to no meaningful engagement of young people and young people who use drugs in this drug policy and harm reduction program design, implementation, monitoring and evaluation. Now I want to note here our continued concern with the UNODC Youth Forum, which is hailed as the voice of young people within the CND. We are quite concerned about the opaque selection process for these youth delegates, while the content discussed in this forum is mainly focused on prevention instead of the full spectrum of care, including harm reduction. We also are concerned that civil society and youth-led organizations consisting of young people like YouthRise are not permitted to present about the realities of drug policies on young people at this forum. Therefore, the, pres the presentation by the Youth Forum delegates that happens each year around the last day of CND should not be taken as a true reflection of youth as a whole. The Youth Forum requires reform to be meaningful engagement, something that I'm happy to discuss further outside of this panel discussion with any of you. The final day of the consultation ended with a session on bringing harm reduction to drug education, which is highly relevant to the past two days discussions as member states and UN bodies have highlighted their efforts at drug education. It is evident that the current focus of most school-based drug education curricula solely focuses on abstinence and prevention and fails to reach many young people. And this should be complemented by harm reduction education, which provides accurate information about drugs, their effects and their risks and strategies to effectively mitigate these risks and promote health and safety. Evidence presented during this discussion showed that in schools that have implemented such a curricula, namely the Stanford University's Safety First Real Drug Education for Teens program, are now seeing a decrease in substance use among students uh, who participated and increased knowledge among students about how to mitigate risks from drugs. It also must be noted that such harm reduction focused drug education should not be limited to classroom settings and must be extended to meet young people where they are at, but also means that we need to remove age, age barriers to accessing health, harm reduction and treatment services, and to ensure that these services are youth friendly and accessible. Finally, and as IDPC's shadow report highlights, in addition to better age sensitive health interventions, young people and young people who use drugs need decriminalization and further drug policy reform to eliminate stigma, discrimination, and barriers hindering our access to harm reduction and treatment services. We need to collect age disaggregated data on young people who use drugs by young people who use drugs. And we need meaningful engagement of young people throughout the entire processes of decision-making, policy and program design, implementation, monitoring and evaluation. We are here ready to help achieve this and we cannot be left behind any longer. 
Thank you. That was Ruby Lawler, Executive Director of Youth Rise, speaking at the launch December 5th of the new report from the International Drug Policy Consortium entitled Off Track, Shadow Report for the Midterm Review of the 2019 Ministerial Declaration on Drugs. Her Excellency Ambassador Laura Hill is Permanent Representative of Colombia to the United Nations in Vienna. The first thing I'd like to say is that, of course, um, Colombia's view is that the international drug regime failed. And I think um, Colombia's new drug policy responds to the findings of the report and is in line with its spirits and is already implementing most of the recommendations. And we are sure that we would take a hard look at the ones we are not yet implementing and we will consider it. Um, I'd like to concentrate on a few points. Our new policy is people-centered, based on human rights, and puts civil society at the very, very center of the formulation and the implementation. We have done one year of consultations before coming up with our report. We went everywhere, all around the country. We talked to coca leaf growers. We talked to um, urban dwellers, rural we talk to peasants, we talk to pretty much everyone, including drug users. We do not want to forget drug users either. We pretty much talk to everyone. And Colombia is committed to keep this dialogue with civil society at the national level and contribute to stop the shrinking of the a space for civil society that the report emphasizes. The second point I would like to make is that our new drug policy is human rights based. And my delegation is frankly flabbergasted by some things that I've been seeing, that we have been seeing in Vienna. One UN authority undertakes research and drafts a report on drugs and human rights. We co-sponsored the resolution and we are very committed to that report. For us, that report is the beginning of a conversation. That's it. It's not an imposition, it's the beginning of a dialogue. And one UN authority somewhere else decides that decides to um, impede the flow of that conversation. We want that human rights report to be known in Vienna. We want to discuss, and we want human rights to be an important element of the formulation of the international drug policy. A third point I'd like to make, and this is something that the report emphasizes, and I don't think we talk enough about this here in Vienna, is about how we frame the discussion about some elements of the international drug regime. We think we do, we do not need to be scared of the word decolonization. And I think we need to frame the question of the scheduling of the coca leaf 
in that context. The fourth, I'd like to say something about the environment. In Colombia, we suffered the environmental impact of a, a failed drug policy. And we want to do, we want to propose that we explore the impact on the environment on international drug policy. This is something that is a debt we have, and we would like to move forward on that front. Finally, I like to, I like you to, to leave with this message. Colombia believes that we are talking at each other, not to each other. And I am actually del absolutely delighted by the intervention of the delegation of Singapore, because I think this is what we need. We need to um, converse. Even though we might not agree, we need to converse. We need to keep the, um, the, the spirit of dialogue. And we are committed to doing so. But in doing so, we will, we will be good players, but we cannot give up our narrative. Because our narrative results of decades, decades, of putting our the our our deaths our deaths is decades of military intervention in Colombia because of the drug situation. So, what does this mean in the end? In the end, to tell you to to put it simply, in Spanish we have um, an expression that says. Um, a veces, um, perder es ganar un poco. We believe that by being sincere about what we went through so many decades, even though we know we will not persuade everyone, but we believe if we make everyone understand what we suffered, we are gaining quite a bit. And our commitment to everyone in Vienna is we are a peace-loving country with respect international law, and we are always open, always open to dialogue. Thank you. That was Her Excellency Laura Hill, permanent representative of Colombia to the UN in Vienna, speaking at the launch December 5th of a new report from the International Drug Policy Consortium entitled Off Track, Shadow Report for the Midterm Review of the 2019 Ministerial Declaration on Drugs. The Commission on Narcotic Drugs will hold that midterm review of the 2019 Ministerial Declaration on Drugs on March 14th and 15th of 2024. And for now, that's it. You've been listening to Free Culture Radio. I've been your host, Doug McVeigh. Many thanks to everyone out there fighting for civil rights, human rights, and social justice. And thanks especially to you, dear listener, for your support. You make it all worth it. And you make it all possible. Free Culture Radio is a volunteer production for community radio and syndicated via the Pacifica Foundation Radio Network's audio port service. Please support your local community radio station. Become a member. Become a volunteer. Free Culture Radio is available as a podcast or direct download. Links are at the website kboo.fm slash freeculture. Theme music for Free Culture Radio is composed and performed by Tom Nickel and Four Dimensional Nightmare and is used with permission of the artist. 
We'll be back in a month to continue our examination of drugs, drug cultures, and the influence of drugs on society. Thanks again for listening. This is Doug McVeigh saying so long. So long. <laughs>